Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. with Steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 38, Write It In Blood. What? What is it? Write It In oh, Blood. Oh, Write It In Blood. It's yeah. Write It In Blood. Okay. Write It In Blood. We're obligated to I'm tell you. I'm sorry, it's Write It In Blood. Okay, now we're obligated to tell you before <laughs> we start that this podcast contemplates both mature and immature themes. You might not like all the words we use or the ideas we bring up. If you're sensitive about these things, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. It's okay. We still love you. Hey, so let's talk about real quick. Uh, last week, we recorded 38. This is episode 38, but the episode that we recorded last week was 38. And it was arguably <laughs> the best shit we've ever done. It was oh, clearly like minute per minute. Um, it was amazing. And then at the end of it, I looked and I had not recorded anything for whatever reason. Uh, I had some kind of a glitch and I, nothing was recorded And the audio. Like it could, the levels couldn't be adjusted. So we gave up. I don't even remember what we talked about, but we gave up and then we we're going to start again. Like, okay, fresh clean slate this week. Let's get cracking. And I sat down an hour earlier than usual. And now we are an hour and a half behind where we initially started. And we have not done fucking anything. It's just. Oh, but we're right on the precipice of greatness here. <sighs> I'm so frustrated. You know, like this is the thing when when something on a bicycle breaks or something on a car breaks or something where I can problem, you know, like troubleshoot. I don't have any problem with that, but when a computer breaks and it's just this ether, that's just this invisible, like, I don't know, is there like, is my adapter broken? Is something wrong with the port in my computer? Is, are my headphones faulty? Fuck if I know. How do you find, can, how do you figure that out? I can tell you're in a bad headspace. I right mean, now. I knew that anyway, but I can tell because I was saying, write it in blood. And you were like, can you shut the fuck up so I can do the content <laughs> warning? <laughs> And this is this is like a subtext in our relationship where you're aggravated and I'm making jokes and you're like, God damn it. Oh, it's just so it's just so I just had it, man. I'm just so fucking. I'm just so frustrated, but I mean, I'm OK now because I think everything's working. If we get to the end of this and and nothing was recorded, I'm, that's it. I'm going. I'm burning all of my shit, and I'm just walking into the woods, and that's going to be. I feel like th that's the best possible podcast. It's a podcast for two. <laughs> it's just you and me talking. It's not a pot. It's a phone call, but like okay, uh, okay. It's a staged phone call with uh, format and questions. I think it's uh, yeah. I think you 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 you're too goal oriented, man. Um, yeah, well, so this is kind of the problem. Maybe uh, this is a byproduct of, of me ne or never really wanting to do a podcast for as many <laughs> years as a few people encouraged me to do it is because you're packaging a conversation. And if you yeah. listen to the initial, uh, the initial episodes that we've done, it's a little complicated for me because you're, you have to have, um, rapport and flow and timing and, uh, and, and then when you're having a, then you're thinking about like, okay, well, we got an hour to bang this out and I have to choose my words wisely and I have to finish sentences completely and thoughts. And I'm not good at those things naturally. <laughs> uh, and then we, you know, then to put like a timer on it. And now I just, I just think you don't understand what people love about you. Oh, okay. Well, now we're getting into all kinds of psychology then. And that's I, Maybe I true. mean, I just think you're lovable as you are and trying to force yourself to be, you know, a thing uh, is a waste of your time, man. All right. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm mad. I'm mad today. 
Uh, not at you. I'm just mad at I'm mad at technology. But we're gonna we're gonna push through this, and I mean, everything's gonna be fine. Oh, also, I found out that my the I have a crack in my radiator in my truck yesterday, and that's gonna cost me two grand. So that's oh. a that's a lot of podcasts to pay for a truck yeah. that I never drive. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this is revolting with Steve it and sure Robot. Is. And uh, this is the on the Cycling Independent. It's the thirty eighth episode. Uh, and again, oh, one thing I did last week is I didn't read any of the notes, and I was tempted <laughs> last night to read to read the notes, but I haven't read the notes again today. I haven't even <laughs> looked, not even begun to look. It makes it fun for me. It's like a present. It's like Christmas. Well, see, listen, look at the contradiction. At one hand, you're like, oh, I've got to try to produce this conversation and do all this thoughtful stuff, and then on the other hand, you're like, I didn't read the fucking notes. I don't read. <laughs> If I think hot it makes, takes. It's all hot takes. I think it. I think it makes it. It makes it good. I, I like. I mean, last week I felt really good about that because it was just spontaneous, and I wasn't overthinking anything. It felt. I don't know. It felt great. I'm. I'm really bummed that that one. The one that we did about shitting our pants that we lost. That was yeah. also a very good episode. So basically, I can yeah. say unequivocally, the two episodes that no one will ever hear was our best work the best ones by far <laughs> yeah uh, so. um all right uh should we say what the episode is about or should we do music picks first uh i think we should do well yeah no uh, get into the uh the episode okay and, so and this then... episode is about tattoos uh oh. it's about liking them getting them regretting them uh, what they mean, what they don't mean, and maybe even how to get a good one if you want one. And if you don't want one or don't like them, hopefully we're, there's going to be funny stories. Uh, there usually are. Um, like losing a bet? It, like losing a bet. Is that a coming story? Did you just, was that a preview? Was that a trailer <laughs> for the upcoming film? <laughs> uh, no. I mean, maybe. I All right, know. well... Let's 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 I don't know. Uh, let's get to music picks then. OK. Um, oh, what is yours? Does it have something <laughs> to do with uh, sea life? <laughs> <laughs> Steve reads notes, <laughs> makes funny comments. <laughs> uh, American sharks. I don't I don't know about American sharks. Let's American talk about, sharks is a band. They're from I think they they started in Houston, but now they're in Austin, Texas. OK. And they play the loud rock and roll. If you like um, if you like Red Fang, uh, you probably like American sharks. Mm. Every week's an education. Yeah. I feel like you have been doing you are really good at doing like band homework you know what i mean i mean the last two weeks i've i've definitely like kind of flubbed this <laughs> but the last two weeks i also have been doing demo at this warehouse and i've been doing like really intensive manual labor and i come home and it's almost everything i can do just to feed just to feed myself yeah um and uh, yeah, I think we talked about that. Like I was running a jackhammer for about a week and a half and moved about, I think I totaled it out uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10,000 pounds of concrete. It's a and, lot. And um, my right hand is completely like I've lost the feeling in my right middle finger and thumb. Mm. Uh, and so like coming home and like, oh, fuck, I got to dig around and find some good new music. Not <laughs> <laughs> was not on my on my agenda i see you coming home and it's like a scene from um like the scene in repo man where he comes home and he's just his spirit is crushed and he gets food like he gets the generic food cans he just <laughs> opens a can of food and he's just standing there eating food yeah it was not uh, it was that was close like i mean i would like prepare myself uh pretty minimal meals um I actually pulled out a brand new pair of Vans, like a brand new pair of skateboard shoes last night because the I don't have any work boots. I mean, I've got like a pair of Docs, but I wasn't going to. That's just boots, whatever. And I blew through the toe in my shoe in like a couple of days. The sole came separated from the, the boxing or whatever. 
and I was getting a bunch of pea gravel in between my insole and my rubber outer sole. Mm. Uh, so I had to duct tape one of my shoes up. It was just, it was a hot mess. Um, and so uh, what's my point? That you didn't uh, oh. have time to research any music. Yeah, and so I would come home, I would be covered in mud and duck my one shoes all duct taped. Like just uh, the fact that the fact that I, I didn't get you know like kidnapped and thrown directly in the homeless shelter every time I left that building was something of a miracle. I looked super shabby and felt worse. Uh, so. <laughs> Anyway, haven't had time, but I have been listening on regular rotation now uh, for about two weeks. And this might have be some be some reflection of my state of mind is uh, the Neurosis album. Don't know what year it was done uh, called Given to the Rising. And it yeah. is if you've seen if ever seen Neurosis, uh, especially in the last whatever, 15 years, it is the most it's not like you go see him live and it's like toe tapping and you're bobbing your head or you're like dancing over in the corner. It is like, it is like being buried under a thousand wet blankets. It is the most oppressive, most <laughs> depressive, just like guttural raw shit, shit show. And this album, and what, what, what are you deriving from it? What is the emotional experience? Just take us there. Just utter, just, just destitution, just bleak, uh, just, just, uh, Karmic McCorth, Karmic McCarth, McCarth, what's his fucking name? <laughs> Cormac McCarthy, like the road. It's oh, yes. so, and this one, the final song on the seconds, it's two double album, uh, is called Origin. And it is like, it's, I've had a few nights where I play records at a local bar and I always end with that with origin because it's like all of the music is super fun. And then it's like the last song is the one that just makes you want to kill yourself. <laughs> the get the fuck out song. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's my pick. American sharks. I will investigate and I'm going to do better next week. And I will Maybe. have some new pick that you're going to love. Maybe if you listen to some American sharks, it'll pick you up a little bit. It's, I don't know. It seems like you're in a hole. I mean, there's a whole metaphor here. It sounds yeah. like you're in a hole and then you're digging. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you know what music would make me feel really bad? <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so funny. I haven't been able and it's been raining. You know, it's just like. Uh, it's just it's just gross. But, uh, to, but oh. next week's going to be better. And so still. We have a whole episode to get through, right? You're looking at me so like you just don't know what to like. I got a big flower hat on. <laughs> no, no, you look great. I know. I was just going to say that your whole thing about closing your your DJ set with something really <laughs> atrocious <laughs> reminds me of this uh, British comedian, James Acaster, who's like, oh, it's great if you're at a party, if you have a good icebreaker. But you don't want someone coming into the conversation later and just taking advantage of that. So when you leave, you've got to freeze it over again by saying something like death comes for us all or, <laughs> you know, there's only 3000 tigers left in the wild. And then you just ghost. <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> and I'm out. And I feel like that's what you do. You're like, I hope everyone had a good night. Go fuck yourselves. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> uh not uh not totally untrue that's actually yeah that's actually right on the money i think a dj with an axe to grind yeah. all right let's talk about tattoos okay um i wrote questions here and the the format of this whole thing is uh there are three questions two questions on the topic for the podcast uh and then the third one is a would you rather and uh I've cheated today by making the individual questions multiple questions, but I think it's going to get us some good stuff. So question number one, we have heard the story on the podcast previously of your first eighth grade prison tattoo. Uh, I think it was eighth grade, right? Yeah. Yeah. S seventh or eighth grade. Uh, but why? So why don't you give us a quick recap? Because it's a great story, but a quick recap and then a brief history of your tattoos. Huh? Okay. Is that that's that's not a fast thing to do, probably. How many uh, are, are you heavily tattooed? 
Kind of. I mean, I'm pretty hairy, so like I don't have a lot of real estate that I can't like my back and parts of my arms are about the only parts. Well, that's the only parts I have tattooed and it's the only parts that are hairless. I mean, besides my palm, but I have a tattoo on my palm, too. So uh, I think, yeah, my friend Pete Niehoff gave me my first tattoo in his basement in Kittredge. Uh, we probably spent the day like riding bikes or riding skateboards or playing in the creek or something. And then he and then he said, "Hey, let's go do some tattoos." And he had <laughs> he gave himself all kinds of fucking terrible tattoos. They was really oh, funny. It was no. just a beating needle, and he had like, you know, I remember he had like a big cross, but it was all stipply, you know, like it wasn't like right, right. it was just a mess. Um, and I think he gave himself like he had like a little. Look, look a little skull on his forearm or something but it just looked like a you know like a circle with a it was they were hilarious but uh-huh. he gave me a couple um and then uh when i was a senior in high school <clears throat> i guess i went to a tattoo shop and got the bat on my shoulder that he gave me i kind of got that cleaned up a little bit uh and then i didn't do any more till i was in probably in college and then I got a couple here and there, you know, Greg Kultz worked at uh, a tattoo shop in San Francisco called Erno's, I think. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. And then my friend, Sean Perkinson, uh, who I'd known, he was like one of the first people I met when I moved to the Bay Area. He ended up becoming a pretty renowned tattoo artist in his own right. And then he just worked on me forever after. What's your favorite tattoo that you have? Um, uh, I ha- well, I have a little circle on my left wrist that has a T with a tiny little line underneath it. Um, because, uh, it's like the true false, you know, when I was in second grade, I, ha- I took a true false test and I made a T, but I wasn't sure. So I kind of like made a little mark and I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I think I found a loophole in this process. So if the teacher said it was wrong, I'd be like, well, clearly it's an F or is she, or clearly it's a T. So it was like my, my bolt of inspiration of how to get over on the system. Uh, yeah. And I later learned that it is a Chinese character for the low, like the lowlands. So it's basically like, it's like blue collar. It's like a uh-huh. symbol for blue collar workers. So there's some, some, uh, so that it worked. I have forever, uh, resigned myself to life in the lowlands and, and ambiguity. Right. Right. So maybe that one. Um, and then I don't know, I got like a, oh, uh, my friend Jason Phillips actually did like a, like a, like a Dan Higgs style, uh, rocket from the crypt rocket. On, oh, my, yeah. on my right arm and i like that pretty well i don't know they're just like little i'm just like a quilt work like i don't there's no cohesion yeah. um i got my back done i got a breathing exercise there's a woman named um laney who she's from arizona but she's been living in norway and she's incredible uh she's incredible turned into a, an incredible tattoo artist and i've watched her career kind of blow up over the, about the last 10 years and I can even find her, uh, her last name. I can't pronounce it. I love, it's, this is a thing on every podcast now where Steve will does his Google research on this. I can't while remember live. stuff. Hmm? I can't remember anything. I, I need <laughs> to, I need, I have to have notes, you know, and like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. And I know that right. I, I know Laney's name, but I can't pronounce her last name. And if anybody would be interested, Olin Isizek, O-L-E-N-I-C-Z-A-K. Anyway, I really want her to finish my hand. That was oh. the point I was going to make. Oh, and Lainey, one day I'll either end there. up in Arizona or Norway, and she can do it for me. Um, are, do you have any tattoos you regret? Nah. Yeah. I mean, what's the point? You know, like all of my tattoos are kind of because I have like weird quality skin where the ink, even if it keeps like in the sun, it, it bleeds, it gets like Mm. mushy and kind of blue spaghetti. Mm. And so like even my, the tattoos that have taken hours and are like really intricately done, like they've just lost all their, it's just, it's just a big fucking mess. 
Yeah. So and so, what's the point? I don't. My, I mean, mine's not the most coherent uh, bunch of stuff either. I was kind of like, oh, and then put this here, and then we'll do, and then do that over there. Yeah. It's sort of you know whatever you're feeling at the time. I to look at people who have like entire sleeves done, and it's in that they tie into like chest pieces or back pieces, or you know all like really beautifully. Maybe it could be argued that the work that we choose to have done is sort of a reflection of our own psyche or our own uh, m- modes of operation, and so mine are just kind of like a shit show and. <laughs> i mean mean. to me they're like souvenirs right something happens and you want a souvenir from it and you get tattooed uh i i think you know i i do know people who have really beautifully composed uh bodies of work on their body and i kind of i mean it's i i love all tattoos i think they're they look so cool um but that just seems like a it's like you're painting yourself for someone else's consumption, which isn't how I do it. I'm not saying like you shouldn't do it that way. I'm just saying that's not how I do it. I just get I'll get tat- like I have a t- tattoo for my two kids. Uh, this thing that kind of happened when they got born and I got I got I don't know. I got all kinds of crap on me. But um, to me, they're just like things to remember things by. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, you kind of wonder, like, well, what I have remembered, obviously you would remember when your kids were born, but, you know, some of the things that are kind of uh, maybe a little less obvious, you kind of wonder, like, well, would I, would I remember that period in my life if I didn't have, because there was just not like anything else very remarkable happened. Um, so what I wouldn't remember that period in my life anyway. Yeah, I think a tattoo kind of distills a whole bunch of stuff together. Um, anyway, that's how I think about it. I always think like, um, so I'm 50. I have friends, adult friends who are like, oh, maybe I'll get a tattoo. Um, and, uh, if that's what you're into. Okay. Uh, but I always, I always tell people like, we'll get tattooed about something. Um, you know, I don't know. Do you like fish? So you're going to get a fish put on you. I don't know. <laughs> I like pizza. I mean, I guess people do get pizza tattooed on them. I, I, that's just not how I do it, I guess. Um, and I think you're less likely to have regrets if it sort of like means something to you. That's not just like, oh, I've always really liked elephants. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't. But it's also just totally dependent on the on the individual's personality. And they say like, well, yeah, right. I don't know. Just fucking getting a getting a a big chest piece that says just clowning around. <laughs> Why? I don't I don't know. <laughs> Why not? I mean, we're only here for a blink of an eye. And I feel like this kind of sums up my uh, fatalist perspective. Uh, and that I want to have fun, and it's a con- also maybe it's a conversation stopper. So you have a really nice conversation <laughs> with somebody, and you open up your shirt and say, "Just clowning around," and then you walk away from them. <laughs> yeah. I was at the do you, do you have any regret? No. Good. No. Regret's no. stupid. What's that? Yeah, regret Re- is regret dumb. is stupid. I saw a guy at the hardware store the other day, and he had a um, bolt thrower T-shirt. The band mm-hmm. Bolt Thrower T-shirt, and I looked at him, and of course I had a band T-shirt on. We kind of did that, like. <laughs> That's, oh, I see up? you also are wearing a black T-shirt. <laughs> I see you're also wearing a black T-shirt, exactly. Um, but so I was like Bolt Thrower, sweet. And then immediately I thought I would like to start a metal band called Cheese Cutter. <laughs> <laughs> And then when you said you open your shirt up and I was like, yeah, what if it just said cheese cutter across my <laughs> chest? <laughs> That's just a commitment to yeah, a lifestyle. Yeah. And somebody says, what's your, so what, what is it? What is that all about? And you're like, I don't know. Just love cutting cheese. I love cutting the cheese, you know, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty obvious. I've always loved it. You know, my bros <laughs> always call me cheese cutter, you know, <laughs> Uh, and which is kind of like bolt thrower and cheese cutter, I think, are kind of synonymous in a way. Uh, who who threw the bolt? Yeah, That's what exactly. I'm going to say. 
Oh, from here he's a on real out. bolt thrower, that guy. Uh, what is going <laughs> on with my technology? I just seried. Oh, don't do that. I just, I'm not touching anything. I'm not moving. I'm just back to the wall. We're going to get through this. We're going to do it. I like um, that you were you were having this whole internal dialogue on, um, like, while at the hardware store. So that's. Yeah. That makes me well, feel good. Well, I did this. I gave him this up because, like, we're both wearing. Yeah, I see you're also wearing a black T-shirt. And then yeah. I was processing bolt cutter. And trying to remember any a bolt cutter, bolt thrower, rather, songs. Uh, and immediately I got on cheese. And I do this a lot where I think of a joke and then I'm amused and then I'm just working on it. And the other person is doing whatever they're doing. And I'm just sort of like chuckling to my I must look like a, a lunatic. I could definitely went up to the counter with what the hell was I even buying? Oh, I was uh, buying uh, brushes, paint brushes. And I went up to the counter and I was definitely like kind of smiling and chuckling to myself. And, the, and it was an old hardware stu- store dude. And he was looked at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I, I was just like, don't even. And I'm swiping my card and trying to leave because <laughs> I'm well, thinking you're... about cheese cutter. Yeah. And you're also trying to, exp- you know, it's like you're even if you said, well, what's so funny? And then you would be explaining a joke to somebody when. You, you know, that never works because it's no. kind of the, you had to be there, even though he was there physically, he wasn't in your head enjoying the same internal yeah. dialogue. So there's no way you'd be able to convey that experience to somebody. I mean, except for right now, you did a pretty good job. Well, I don't even know if it was funny. It, it I, happened and I, I found it funny as hell. I, I thought it was funny. I, I think also, um, I think it's funnier to be laughing and not explain <laughs> uh, that's a better experience for me. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, does that, re- you know what I mean? Also, I, also, I do that I, with my wife a lot. And she's like, what? And I'm like, nope. Can't. <laughs> can't. Someday. Um, maybe. When was right. the last time? When was the last time uh, either of us got zapped? Oh, Just tattooed. By, by zapped? Yeah. yeah. Is that what you mean? Tattooed? Yeah, I meant that. Okay. Uh, well, was, that's kind of a cute thing to say, right? Did I write that? I must have written that. You did. Uh, a year and a half ago, I guess, I got this thing on my hand. Maybe maybe Wait, a year and a half. Which thing on your hand? It's a, it's a, my, a friend, friend of my parents, this woman, Joyce, and I were talking about ner- like nervous sitting, nervous system resetting. Mm. And she said, there's all these breathing exercises, you know, but I had never heard of any of this. And I was... Really, it was at the beginning of uh, it was the summer of 2019. So it was sort of at the beginning of my trial separation. And um, I was on a big road trip. And this breathing exercise is you inhale for four seconds, hold for two seconds and exhale for seven seconds. And it basically you do that five times and it it clears all supposed to clear all of the chaos in your field of vision and settles your nervous system and settles anxiety mm. and uh, helps you relax, helps you fall asleep and stuff like that. And so, um, uh, my friend, Sean, uh, he, he, I gave him the numbers and I, you know, I was like, can you make something out of this? And he said, yeah. And I went in to get tattooed and he's like, oh, I didn't really think of anything. So he just put the, <laughs> <laughs> he just put the he numbers said, I didn't on read my hand. questions in advance. Let's just do this. <laughs> He, uh, he tattooed the numbers on my hand and it just kind of like, I didn't like, I was, I was like the idea of a hand hand tattoo. Anyway. The palm of your hand. That's mm-hmm. I you don't see that a lot. Uh, there, so I want to do like, I've got this idea of, of wind, like a drawing of wind. Mm. And then that's what I want Lainey to do. Cause she does really cool line work. So I basically would like use the whole of my palm uh-huh. uh, and with this drawing of, of wind. And then I think that's it. I'm done. Like forever. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I, mean, I, I might gotten... get some stupid. Hmm? I might get something stupid here and there. Or what? Like, what's that? Why'd you get a French fry or why'd you get a smart yeah. hat or whatever? I just always liked French fries. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I haven't gotten tattooed in a long time. Probably 10 years. But I have a couple of ideas. I want to get. I want to get back to it. Uh, my wife is less convinced that I need more tattoos, but I. I just feel like it's. It's in my head. It just is like it wants to happen. Well, that's something. I mean, I always. If 
because I'm like, I've got so much garbage on me as it is, you know, people say like, what's a, what's a, how do you go about? What do you think about what, what's the process? And, and, and I've generally said, don't do anything spontaneously, but for, I mean, for, for an initial, uh, for an initial tattoo, I would say you you get some ideas and you work them over in your head and you redraw them and you redraw them and, and then you, you redraw them rather and then you live with this idea for a year and that idea might morph into a different idea or it might it, it might morph into something entirely uh, uh opposite of what you initially started thinking about and then if you still really love it then maybe sit on it for another little while <laughs> <laughs> then wait some more yeah. I I have this experience. So some of my tattoos, a few of them, like I brought the art to the tattooer and was like, put this on me. And I and but I developed a relationship with a an artist and I was like, all right, uh, so this guy is like a friend of mine. I'm going to give him my idea and let him draw something from him. Mm-hmm. And then I went to look at the first thing that he drew for me and I was like, oh, no, I don't like it. Uh, but but I was sort of like, well, hang on. Like, I'm just looking at a stencil. I don't know what this is going to like. Maybe I just have to take the leap of faith and let the artist be artistic. Because I'm not an artist. I can I can provide sort of found art, but I can't I'm not going to draw something out myself. That's not going to go well. So I got this tattoo. He did that one. And by the time it ended up on me, I was like, oh, yeah, I love it. It's fantastic. Um, I would never in a million years have thought of this. But like that was part of the process then. Oh, hey, it's story time with Steve. When I was eight or nine years old, my mom and dad bought me my first BMX bike. It was a J.C. Penny Free Spirit. And in time, I went on to put some nice accessories and components on it, like a tough neck stem and CW bars, which just made it sort of the embodiment of putting a nice frame on a shitty painting. One day I was hanging out at the local bike shop, which during the winter was a ski shop. It was a little tiny place run by this guy named Andy. And one day he gave me a 10 inch long die cut Shimano sticker. It was blue I didn't really know what Shimano was or anything about it, but I put it on my top tube and immediately made the bike 150% cooler. It was around that time that I probably became a lifelong Shimano guy. But that's kind of the brilliant thing about tattoo artists is, is they're like, they're like the really proficient ones are, are basically like illustrators and they can do any sort of style and they can, you come in and say, I want these five components and this person can create a sort of a um, uh, singularly unified image containing all of these components. That's something that, you know, like I, I can't do. I see that a lot in, in rock posters too, you know, where, um, was Derek Hess. He did a lot of rock posters, but he would always sort of take the name of the band and then do an illustration of that hammerhead. Okay. It's a dude with a head. That's a hammer, you know? And that like, I always thought that those were a little less interesting than the ones that, you know, Coop uh, would do, or, you know, some of the uh, Frank Kozik, they would just make these, they would make illustrations based on an idea that you could see how it related, but it wasn't an exact sort of translation. Mm-hmm. And I see that like a really talented tattoo artist has that ability as well, which is magic to me. I, I can't, I'm very literal. Well, the body is also not flat. It's not a, it's not a flat canvas. So uh, taking advantage of a tattoo artist's experience, putting, you know, what you want, on a part of your body that curves and does yeah. all that. Other, like it's hard. It's unreal. I don't yeah. know. I've, I've given Sean one tattoo. I've used mm-hmm. an, a proper machine to give a tattoo one time and it's super hard. I don't know how, I don't know how people do it. Honestly. 
that's one of that was question. You're already into question two. We oh. know uh, we all know you're a painter, a fine painter of um, cats, dogs, um, presumably hamsters, but also uh, your own very powerful ovra. Um, ha- have you ever considered getting into tattooing? Have you ever thought like maybe that's a <laughs> that's a good living and like not at all, not even <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> I know you hate to make a good living. no it uh i don't know i don't know why i be i think because i'm not a very good illustrator like i can Mm. do my style and if you know if i became well well enough known that people came from you know were able to support i was able to support myself doing the types of drawings that i like to do which are not very they don't translate to tattoos very well i don't think uh, then maybe I would, but you know, like I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, sort of a chameleon, you know, uh, in terms of like my, my graphic output It is very singular. It's exactly like my style is my style and I can't emulate other styles. Mm. Um, and like I said, you know, the one time that I have used a tattoo machine, uh, it moves so fast and I can't see where the needles are. And there's like either there's ink in the way or there's blood in the way. And you, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. It was yeah. just a little dumb little tattoo, the little blaster piece that I did on Sean. And um, it was a fun experience, but I have no, never have had any interest in pursuing that. Mm. Um, If you, so if you did do become a tattooer, people would have to get piles of dead clowns. Uh, yeah. Or guys with lumpy heads, Yeah, you know, or people with like contorted fingers or whatever. And, and there, I mean, there have been people, there are people who've gotten things that I've drawn tattooed. Yeah. Uh, but I just would have, I don't, I don't have it. I don't have any interest in tattooing. Like I'm happy to do Amanda K. Bryan. She was like, hey, I got this tattoo idea that I want. And I said, what's that? And she said, like a sweet little girl holding a man's head, like a oh, decapitated yeah, yeah. head. And I was like, oh, I should totally do that. That's like, that's easy for me. And she's got this sort of like Mona Lisa smile. You know, we went through a bunch of revisions. I was like, do you want deadpan? Do you want big smile? Do you want half smile? And the subtleties in that were kind of challenge. I mean, they were definitely challenging and she said (laughs) she's so awesome she's like this is what because she's her legs are all tattooed and dudes because dudes are fucking creeps and say the stupid same stupid shit over and over and over again i guess like the thing that um, people say to her is like you know talking about her the tattoos on her thighs like oh does that go all the way up and then (laughs) she says she says yeah it goes all the way up to here and then she raises her sleeve and there's a little girl holding a man's head and i was like <laughs> that's fucking tight uh, uh but, but yeah so like i mean in the rare instance that somebody says i want you to do a tattoo for me and i want it to look like this like that's i'm happy to do that but it the idea of sitting in a studio all day and coming up with ideas for people and i don't know i just Seems like that would be really stifling. Maybe. I don't know. Anybody who's listening to this, you want me to draw you a tattoo of a guy with a lumpy head or a little girl (laughs) holding a decapitated head? Like, you know, hit me up. I got you. Pile of dead clowns. Pile of dead clowns. I got you. I feel like pile of dead clowns is a whole tattoo genre. Anyway. (laughs) Um... Uh, all right. Should we get to the... That's tattoo. That's tattoos. That's what we think. That's what we think about tattoos. You know, Love I think them. it's probably, get probably we, we yeah, get if you want one, you should get one. If you don't want one, you shouldn't get one. If you think they're ugly, that's totally cool. If you love them, that's totally cool. Who <laughs> fucking cares? Solved it again. Jeez, Jesus Christ. Uh, OK, we got a we have a would you rather this week. What have was you last read it? Week? N- no, I haven't. Okay. I love this. Like, it's just I am. I'm like constantly almost surprised. Okay. Uh, so okay. <laughs> this is this is would you rather have all your friends replaced by Kardashians? Ugh. <laughs> or have all your bikes and skateboards replaced by bowling balls forever? Oh, for sure, bowling balls. 
I mean, I feel sad not being able to ride bikes or skateboards and all I get to do is bowl, but I fucking hate. And I, (laughs) sometimes I say hate, you know, pretty, pretty liberally. And I don't want to because hate's a super powerful word. Okay. I can't even say I hate the Kardashians because I don't know them, but I hate the culture that they've inspired and this like vapid self-centered uh materialistic fluffy bullshit and that's that's what i that's what i hate there was a book i was in a bookstore looking through the art books and there was a book it was like an 800 page book of kim kardashian's fucking selfies and i was like (laughs) nope and i fucking took all of them and i moved them to the furthest corner of the store and I turn them all around. What are you fucking kidding me? And then there's like, there's whole uh, diatribes written about how like she's her own muse. And for centuries, <laughs> artists have used models and she is flipping the script and becoming, she's her own model. And fuck, fuck you. She's just fuck that. Fuck that. No way. Bowling forever. You know, I enjoy irritating you more than it's nice. <laughs> like we're friends. <laughs> we're friends and it's not nice that like you are fired up and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> I feel like this question has it has four things going. It you've got uh you've got your friends and you've got the things that you love to do and you've got Kardashians and bowling balls. <laughs> and what's curious to me is uh, this isn't what I like about your answer is my, what I thought. I thought you would pick bowling balls. I I honestly thought you would pick bowling <laughs> balls, but I thought you'd be like, oh, man, I love my friends. I can't give up my friends. But actually, you went straight to Kardashians and were like, hard no on Kardashians. <laughs> I will bowl. <laughs> and would you then like probably have to move near a bowling alley? Mm, no, I mean, there's bowling alleys everywhere. Oh, that's easy. I mean, really, there's aren't there bowling? There's bowling alley in every t- any any town uh, with a population over probably 50,000 people has at least one bowling alley. I guess so. I feel like this question also has no unfortunately has no good outcome. It has no palatable outcome. Um, mm. You're either friends with the Kardashians or you only can bowl. No way. Bowling is sweet. Bowling is fun. But yeah. like I would do it more if I liked it enough, you know? Yeah, you probably learned to like it. You couldn't learn to like the Kardashians. <laughs> you could learn to like bowling. My kids I mean, were like, it's... maybe the Kardashians would buy you stuff. And I was like, I don't want stuff. And I definitely don't want Kardashians to buy it for me, even if I, I do want stuff. I would, I would way rather hang out with people that I liked hanging out with. I would I would spend the rest of my life alone if it was you either be friends with these people who are partially responsible for the dumbing down of society, I think, or you or you just on your own and you and you don't have any more friends. I would take no more friends. I feel Honest like to the, God, the podcast is ending kind of where it started. You in a bad place listening to neurosis. <laughs> Calling up Carm- Cormac McCarthy. You're, I just feel like this whole episode is ending with you alone pushing a grocery cart through a post-apocalyptic landscape. So be it. That's that's the bet I've made, and I'm going to lie in it. Oh, wow. And on the other side of the country is the Kardashians living their best lives, and me like, fuck it. Desolate and destitute forever. They're just if in I their can, infinity pool, and you're just... Can, avoid that pile of burning shit i'll take solitary confinement wow yeah what about you you bowl i would bowl yeah Yeah. i would have to bowl i like my (laughs) friends a lot um and actually i don't like a lot of people i learn that every time i go to the grocery store i don't like a lot of people the people i like i like a lot um yeah so i'm definitely not gonna i don't I agree with everything you said about the Kardashians. I can't get that worked up about it because I just feel like, you know, we're a terrible species on a on a on a nice planet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Well, I'm also, you know, like you just said, I kind of started today in a sort of a rotten headspace. So give me something to complain about and I'm going to go, I'm going to go for it. If you talk to me in an hour or tomorrow and you say, what do you think about the Kardashians? I'll be like, meh, I don't know. Not really (laughs) my bag, you know, but right now, like I'm just fucking angry. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that just gave me something to sink my teeth into. I mean, I'm not really angry. I'm just a little ruffled. Yeah. Hey, um, real quick. I got a message from a friend of mine today and she was ta- she said that uh, we're talking about animal psychics and uh, <laughs> there's a woman named Karen A. Anderson, who I probably have referenced. I've talked to her on the phone a couple of times and she's written a really brilliant book called The Amazing Afterlife of Animals. And she talks about uh, her experiences of like being uh, communicating, com- communicating with animals and also communicating with animal spirits. Uh, anyway, this woman who sent me this message and she was talking about listening to the amazing afterlife of animals on audiobook is that somewhere along the line, she learned that ducks and swans and they don't really like people. Um, but they're like, they gossip, they chit chat among themselves. Yeah. They communicate with each other and they kind of talk shit about people. And she said, that's why I always am nice to ducks and swans and waterfowl. (laughs) And I started thinking about it and I've always talked to ducks. Like every time I see them, I say, what's up? And rabbits too, but that's funny. So I'm in the woods a lot like you are. And I come across, um, you know, all of the varieties of animals and uh, my friends sometimes make fun of me because like if someone comes along with a dog, I'm like, I don't say hello to the person. Right. I'll look at the dog and say, what's up, buddy? And I say that I like if we if we're on a trail and there's like a pond and ducks swim up, I'm like, oh, hi, guys. Yeah, uh, I do. I always greet all the animals. I always do. There was I saw some deer and they were like bounding away through this little green space. But then there was a fence and there was like somebody had abandoned this fucking filing cabinet or something. And I apologized. I didn't even think I was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like we have human beings have just fucked everything up. I'm so, and you guys don't, you're probably only like four years old. You don't know any better. You don't know yeah. that, what the world should look like for you. What it would look like if you, if you were in charge, there'd be salt licks everywhere. And and just running around in endless fields of green. But now you got fences and you got abandoned garbage and you got, you know, bags of dog shit. And I was like, oh, I'm so I'm so, I'm so sorry. This is what we've done. What we've I wonder if the, you. I wonder if the older deer are like, you know, guys, there didn't used to be filing cabinets and shit here. No. How how long do deer live? I mean, if you know, I don't like. I don't 15 know. years? What's the lifespan of a yeah, deer probably. or an elk? I, I, God, we're going to fuck science over again. Uh, I think I'm going to guess 50, a deer could be f- between 10 and 15 years old. And they just die of old age sometimes, I guess. I, do, I, I really don't know. I've never God, seen. I feel like a moron all of a sudden. I've never seen a de- like in all of my years in the backcountry. I never have seen a deer or an elk dead of natural causes it's like bigfoot they, they nobody ever finds the dead bigfoot you know and why right right not because they don't exist <laughs> no of course not <laughs> and elephants have a weird burial ritual ritual burial ritual like when theirs die they they somehow get them to a place and maybe deer and elk do the same thing i don't know i just i just had a, a vision of you this is like what happened in the hardware store. I just had a vision of you encountering Bigfoot. And the first thing you say is, I'm really sorry about that filing cabinet. I'm so sorry that people so have sorry. been hunting you mercilessly. Yeah. I don't know. My friend, millionaire Bob, he grew up in Humboldt County and he is absolutely 100% convinced that big feet exist and he's heard them. And his grandfather has a footprint mold, a cast, a plaster cast. Uh-huh. And um, I've spent a little bit of time up in the up there in the Emerald Triangle or whatever the fuck they call it. And it is eerie. It is 
deadly quiet. There is no deadly quiet, dead quiet. There's no birds. There's no animals. And I feel like Bigfoot, they're like made of energy. And they, they, you know, they keep shit eerie to to keep people away. We're getting deep into it here. I I like this. Big feet. Yeah. They're, They're fucking great. (laughs) <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I would apologize. I'd be like, I have a print fuck, on huge. the wall in my living room. Uh, that's uh, it says um, tra- tragedy number 12. Uh, Bigfoot learns he doesn't exist. And it's just a sad looking Bigfoot oh. sitting in the woods. Well, I think he would be psyched to know. Not I mean, if he didn't exist, then he wouldn't he wouldn't have consciousness to recognize that he didn't exist. So whatever. So he doesn't you can't learn that you don't exist. He would learn that it has been declared that he doesn't exist, which gives you total freedom to do right. anything you want and run around and get just clowning around tattoo on your chest and <laughs> just and a pile of dead clowns on your back. So brought it full circle today. You did. You did a great job. Thank uh, you. You're you're a real bolt thrower. Uh, why don't you take us out? Hey, thanks for listening to Revolting. Uh, if you have questions for us or topics you would like for us to pontificate on, you can email me at steel at cycling independent or robot at robot at cycling independent dot com. <laughs> if you oh, like God. this or any of the other fun stuff you find on the cycling independent, please share it with a friend. It's the only way we have to keep this party going. By which we mean pay ourselves a small sum that might so buy a burrito. Or we got a tip today. We got a tip today. Guy, guy sent me a message that he gave us a tip, and I didn't even know that that was a thing that could be done. I, I don't fucking, know. I don't, <laughs> so you're saying just the tip? That's what uh, you no, mean? No, I mean you can go to Cycling Independent somewhere and leave a tip or something. It says it says tip you can your, subscribe for three dollars a month. That's what you can do. Oh, maybe that's OK. Maybe that's what it was. Anyway, yeah. whatever. I appreciated that. And um, uh, anyway, on behalf of the Cycling Independent, I am steve And I'm Robot. I almost said I'm Robot. Fuck, man. Don't forget to suck be. it. Just have it. Don't forget to suck it. Yeah.